Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hi, welcome to episode 14 of the Toward Light podcast. I had a hard time thinking about a topic for this week. I feel pretty overwhelmed in general. Between the pandemic, the ongoing fight for equity, I feel overwhelmed, stuck, flooded at times. So I was trying to look for what are some of the themes coming up with all of that overwhelm. And what I'm seeing is that there is this coursing thread of craving, of wanting things to be different. Is at the really personal, individual level of, I want a bigger apartment, or I want to be able to travel and see my friends. There's also these broader desires. I want racism to be eradicated. I want to be more compassionate. I want people to be more compassionate. I want there to be a sense of community and unity that I'm not seeing. So there's all this wanting, this lack of acceptance. When I get all tangled up like this, when I feel overwhelmed, I often turn to this poem. It's in a book called The First Free Women, Poems of the Early Buddhist Nuns by Maddie Weingast. So this is his adaptation and translation of the Terigata, the poems of the first nuns. It's been translated many times before, and this collection really sticks with me. This is what I needed to turn to this week. Vijaya, Victor. When everyone else was meditating, I'd be outside circling the hall. Finally, I went to confess. I'm hopeless, I said. The elder nun smiled. Just keep going, she said. Nothing stays in orbit forever. If this circling is all you have, why not make this circling your home? I did as she told me and went on circling the hall. If you find yourself partly in and partly out, if you find yourself drawn to this path and also drawing away, I can assure you you're in good company. Just keep going. Sometimes the most direct path isn't a straight line. I really relate to this feeling of part way in and part way out because there's part of me that's so committed to this path and wanting to be on the path, wanting to come from a place of wise responses, come from a place of compassion. And I'm also struggling with connecting with that as much as I would like or as frequently as I would like. Sometimes the flood of anger and despair seems so much. My favorite line in this poem is, if this circling is all you have, why not make this circling your home? So right now, if what I have is a feeling of overwhelm, a feeling of lack of acceptance, a feeling of craving, how do I make that my home? How do I deeply understand that? Because so much of the root of my tangle right now is wanting change, 
how can I tease out the wholesome parts of that? How can I see the difference between tanha, this craving, this thirst, and chanda's wholesome desire? So that's what I'm going to talk about is what is craving, why it's talked about in the teachings, why it's important to understand deeply, and then how we can transform that or how we can connect with our wholesome desires. My desire to be anti-racist is a wholesome desire. My desire to act from a place of compassion is a wholesome desire, but it can get corrupted into tanha, into this thirsty craving. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Tanha, thirst, craving, this is the second noble truth. Tanha can be a grasping toward or a pushing away. It's any of that energy that's trying to get something or change something in a way that is driven by greed, by aversion, by delusion. Quick review of the Four Noble Truths. This is the first teaching that the Buddha gave after he became enlightened. He went and found the people he had practiced with and gave the teaching on the Four Noble Truths. The first truth is this truth of dukkha, this truth of difficulty or suffering, that life is going to be a bumpy ride. There's no way out of that. This second noble truth is the truth of tanha, craving. The way that we create dukkha is when we have a difficult situation. Rather than accepting it and working with it, we push against it, we try and change it, we reach for something else. So we're creating this loop of dukkha, of tanha, and it kind of feeds on itself. The third noble truth is that there is cessation of craving. There is a possibility for nibbana, for extinction of these fires of craving. And the fourth noble truth is the noble eightfold path, the way out of this loop of suffering. This second noble truth, tanha, can be very overt. I want a piece of cake. But it can also be very subtle when you're sitting and meditating and there's a twinge in your back and so you adjust your posture without even noticing just because we're trying to get out of any sort of discomfort or difficulty. We're trying to make things better, more comfortable, easier, more of the time. Craving happens in the present moment. We can get in thought loops about wanting the past to have been different or wanting something for the future, but it's happening in this moment. So that's important to remember. When we are stuck in a place of craving, we can use the tools that we have in our present moment experience to help us get out of that mental track. It's very important to understand how this feels in the body. So many of our mind states can be felt in the body. And so if we can be aware of that, we are more likely to be able to catch them and change. So think of something that you want. Really think about it. Really want it right now. Notice what's happening in your body. Are your hands clenching or your fingers curling in? Do you feel it in your belly? your solar plexus, your chest. What's going on with your jaw? How's your posture? Are you leaning forward into this craving? Each of our bodies will 
respond differently, but just notice for your body, if you say the phrase in your head, I want whatever the thing is that you want so badly, what happens in your body? Get to know how craving manifests in your body. We also want to get to know what type of craving we're experiencing. There's the craving that I think we think of the most, kamatanha, which is craving for materiality, craving for things, craving for sense pleasure. Right now, during the pandemic, where my partner and dog and I are living in a one-bedroom apartment, I want a bigger apartment. That is kamatanha. I want a thing. So I can stay stuck in there and fantasize about what apartment I want or go look online or whatever. Or I can notice this is greed. The opposite of greed is appreciation and generosity. So can I appreciate what I do have? Can I look around the living space that I do have and find ways to appreciate it and be grateful? And can I find a way to be generous or do something with an open heart rather than a closed fist to help me cultivate the feeling opposite of craving, opposite of kamatanha? The second type of craving is bawatanha, craving to become. This craving is often about identity, about how we want to be seen or how we want to be in the world. When I'm working to be anti-racist, that's a wholesome desire. But when I want to do that because I want to be a quote-unquote good white person or be seen as a good white person, that's when it turns into bawatanha. That's when it turns into this unwholesome craving. So seeing that grasping on to identity can be painful, can be fruitless, is a first step here. To combat this, when I'm noticing I want to be seen as a good white person or I I want to be seen as a good podcast host or I want to be a wife or whatever the thing is, when I start to cling to an identity and I want to break that cycle, I can rest in the truth of anatta, can remind myself that the reality is that everything is changing which means the self is always changing. There is no fixed self. There is no one Kate. I can have a thousand identities in a day, a million. I can see the pain of holding on to one thing being a certain way. A couple of practices that can help are from the first foundation of mindfulness is connecting with the elements and seeing the body as made up of earth, air, water, and fire. Or doing the anatomical parts practice and breaking down the body into 32 anatomical parts. Both of these practices help to dispel the sense of a fixed self and help us see that we're a universal conditioned being. And the third aspect of tanha, the third type of tanha, is, is vibhavatana, which is this craving to not become, this craving to escape, let go, not want to deal. So in moments when I feel this, when I'm overwhelmed with the pain of the pandemic, with the pain of racism and inequality, the pain of living in a country that feels divided and fractured, I want to check out. 
like that's a normal desire and I can make a choice about how I do that. The first step when we notice this feeling coming up is to see our unwillingness to stay with the uncomfortable thing. See our unwillingness to accept the truth. When I notice myself withdrawing, repeat the phrase, things are as they are. And just to note that sometimes we can't stay. Sometimes it's too much. So titration is really important. If you're noticing that you're staying with something very difficult and it's making you brittle or shut down in some way, it's okay to step back to find a wholesome way to change the channel for a bit before coming back to it. Whether it's making some art, listening to music, moving your body, watching one episode of something, not 50, but one, reading some fiction. It's important for us to know when this wee bhavatanha is taking over to such an extent that we we do need to be careful. We need to make sure that we're not running ourselves into the ground. So all these types of craving, whether it's kamatanha, this craving for material sense pleasures, bhavatanha, craving for identity, we bhavatanha, craving for escape, they all have the antidote of renunciation, of letting go. We can investigate and see that the holding on is not serving or benefiting us or the people around us. If I'm spending my day thinking about a different apartment and not living in the apartment I'm living in, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't lead to a day of harmony for myself or for the, my partner or my dog. But if I am living here, I can see I can see the craving when it arises, but I can stay. I can be here. I can be present. Sometimes this letting go can be difficult because so much of it is about letting go of ideas. And some ideas are conditioned in us from birth. Some ideas are the sea that we swim in. So as I'm looking at my whiteness as someone who has lived in the United States my whole life and lived in this culture of white supremacy my whole life, It is important for me to see that because it is so pervasive that I may be holding on to things that I don't even know I'm holding on to. Sometimes we talk about this with delusion, how hard it is to see a deluded mind when the mind is deluded. So this is where things like community support and speaking to others can be helpful because it can help me to unwind People can help me call out my blind spots. I can gain support so I can see more clearly and see where I'm holding on to things. So Tanha versus Chanda. I've been talking a lot about this unwholesome craving, this thirst of Tanha. But Chanda, this wholesome desire, when I see that I can still want things, but from a different tone of heart. So thinking about the pandemic, like, of course... I want myself and my loved ones and all beings to be safe and healthy and well. That is a wholesome desire, acting in accordance with that desire, making sure that I'm taking care of my body so my immune system is boosted, doing my spiritual practices, wearing a mask. That's all wholesome and good. But when I then get caught in wanting that to affect the outcome in an overt way, that's when it be twists 
from wholesome to unwholesome. So, so much of this wholesome desire, so much of this chanda is about an open-hearted, open-handed wanting without expectation, without agenda. If I'm doing anti-racist work, so I'm reading, I'm participating in groups, I'm doing practices, that's a wholesome way to act on my desire for all beings to be safe and protected, for white supremacy to be dismantled. But again, if I start to get stuck in, well, if I do this, then that's going to happen. Or why isn't, if I have an agenda, a timeline of like, why isn't this happening quick enough? Or why aren't more people doing this work? That's again, when it gets corrupted into tanha. So that's the moment when I have to step back and say, okay, why am I doing this? Out of a place of compassion. Can I rest in that compassion? Can I balance it with some equanimity knowing that I can care, and that at the end of the day, I don't know what results are going to come of that care. So my job is to care. From Philip Moffat's book, Dancing with Life, he has a section about ways to stop wholesome desire from corrupting or turning into unwholesome desire. So how to keep it at Chanda and not turn it into Tanha. There are three tools. The first is Sila, is acting from a place of ethical behavior coming from a place of non-harming. So when I look at my desire to wear a mask, that's coming from a place of non-harming. That's coming from a place of wanting not to spread this pandemic to others, to not knowing if I'm an asymptomatic carrier and wanting to be safe for others. So if I can stay in that sila, in that place of non-harming and rest in that, that helps me keep it as a wholesome desire. The question we can ask ourselves if we notice a desire arising, okay, is there harm going to be caused from this desire? Going back to my apartment example, right, if I'm stuck in craving a new apartment, the harm is maybe subtle, right? Because, But what it means is I'm not present. So I'm not connecting with the people in my home. So that is harm. So when we're asking the question, am I causing harm with this desire? or Would this desire cause harm? We have to look at it from really obvious levels to really subtle levels. Another way that we can keep Chanda as Chanda is that we're consistent with our mind training, with our meditation, with our practices that help us to drop in, connect, see clearly, see through our conditioning. That helps us to see desire and the craving more quickly. That helps us to notice when the chanda starts to shift to tanha. The more aware we are of what's happening in our own particular mind-body system, the more that we can come from a place of wholesome action, wholesome desire. And the final tool that we can rest on when we're trying to stay in a place of wholesome desire is equanimity, knowing that things are as they are, knowing that all beings are responsible for their own karma, knowing that we can take wise action and need to let go of the results. There's a phrase from the Alcoholics Anonymous big book that I repeat in my head multiple times a day from one of the stories in the back that says, acceptance is the answer to all of my problems today. So for me, equanimity is so much about accepting what is, noticing 
when I don't want to make this circling my home, when I'm judging myself or shaming myself for being so overwhelmed with the world, can I say this is where I am right now? This is where the world is right now. This is where the people I love are right now. Can I rest in not knowing rather than trying to change or control? To sum up, craving is going to arise. We can notice when it's craving, when it's tanha, we can notice is this a craving for some kind of sense pleasure? Is it a craving to become? Is it a craving to escape? And we can notice when wholesome desire arises, these desires that don't come from greed, hatred, or delusion. And when this chanda arises, we can help feed it and have more of our moments be this wholesome desire rather than this tanha, this craving, by acting ethically, by doing our meditation practice, by resting in wisdom and equanimity. So notice for yourself where places that you feel overwhelmed, how much of that is related to not accepting what's currently happening, how much of that is a wholesome desire, and how much of that is a closed-fisted, grasping craving? What could you maybe let go of? Is there an idea or a belief that you could let go of just a little bit to give yourself and those around you a little bit more peace? Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.